Welcome everyone to Lessons with Mike. Woo! Woo! Is that all that out? <laughs> no, I'm keeping my woos in. Hello, everybody. I'm Drew from the Ditwicks. <laughs> Hi. Today we're going to be responding. A couple times ago, I published an episode called "The Worst Sermons We've Ever Heard," and this I'm episode. I'm going to be making an egg sandwich. What? She's gonna make an egg sandwich. Yeah, I'm gonna have breakfast. Okay. Bye. Why are you okay? I'll be here. I'll be popping in, but I need to eat. Too. So I got several responses from other people who shared their worst sermon experiences. Hold on. You need more context than just jumping right into it. I so did. we I did a it. we did a podcast. I said all of that. Did you? Yes. Yeah, it was like a couple times ago. A couple okay. times ago. <laughs> okay. We shared right. our worst sermon experiences. And then when I posted it. I asked other people to share their worst sermon experiences as well. And today we're going to be reading those out loud for everyone to hear. That's correct. So let me just scroll back to the first time. Gosh, it's that many? Uh, no, these aren't all the ones. I just have to find my Reddit post. Oh, okay. Okay, the first yeah. church sermon comes from No Room for Boom Boom. <laughs> no Room for Boom Boom. Is that the common or the... That's the user. Okay. No Room for Boom Boom. Okay. No Room for Boom Boom says this. <laughs> My preacher held a sermon for kids. He preached about the sinfulness of masturbating. He said it was okay as long as you kept your mind pure while doing it. He told me I couldn't make Boom Boom. <laughs> There's no room for that in Jesus' world. <laughs> I had another preacher teach the... Well, let's before we get to that, let's talk about the first one. You can jerk off as long as you think about Jesus while you're doing it. <laughs> Wait, what does the church say about that? That's what he said in his thing. He says, can you do it with lustful content or do you have to do it with non-lustful? I do. According to this, like you have to keep your mind pure while you're doing it. But how do you do that? Like, how do you get aroused thinking about like wood paneling or sheetrock? Wood paneling? I don't think of those things. (laughs) Well, that's that's what You'd be in danger at work. (laughs) Question. Guys, is it not more dangerous to try and like make sure that your thoughts are one thing? To avoid thinking about, like, a typical, I don't know, female experience. What is impure? Men don't often think about the female experience. No, I mean, like, when you're doing it, is it a female that you're considering? Like, is that, what would define impure? Yes. How much did this... I mean, no. How much did this... I can can honestly, I can come from just enjoying the feeling. I don't have to think about anything. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's similar for women as well. I think what the pastor is saying is, you, because I've heard in the past people say, you can't think about married women, so it's okay right. to have these experiences of self-pleasure as long as you're not doing it to someone who's married. What about porn? I've heard of porn is bad. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was told as well. But what if it's like, when, when does that line stop? Mm-hmm. What about a cartoon character that doesn't exist? Are you allowed to do it to that? Is Jesus acceptable with hentai? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Wow. Because the main thing is you shouldn't lust, lust after another woman. Right. What if it's not another woman? What if it's a man? What if it's a drawing? What if it's that cardboard box over there? What if it's a rock? Like my strange addiction, those people who are like in love with their couch cushions or in love with their cars. You could literally just find you could literally just find a rock that looks like a butt. <laughs> And just Ow! would that be considered? Ow! Would that be a bad Jesus move? Ow! Bad no. Jesus. There's a story in the Bible where uh, Satan says to Jesus, "Jesus, turn these rocks into bread." And Jesus said, "No, I think I'll keep them as rocks." Well, there was a Michael sin attached to that, right? 
Uh, I was I was winking because you said rocks. I was saying in the it was a oh, joke. Jesus that was a joke. Okay, fine. Well, I did that. It wasn't very funny. Well, it's not a joke. It was more of a, just a statement <laughs> yeah. based off my comment. It was very confusing. Like, yeah, it relates to it, I guess, but <laughs> sure. it's, not, it's not a joke. Okay, moving on to the next. It's like saying sermon. gay people exist and be like, hey, did you know the Bible talks about gay people? It really doesn't that often. Yeah, there's only six verses. Yeah. The next <laughs> submission from No Room for Boom Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I had another preacher teach that the end times would feature an army of cherubs and giants. Giants were the spawn of angels procreating with humans. He made sure to tell us this was literal and not figurative. Wait, where does it say this in the Bible? I don't remember that. Um, the whole thing about the, the fallen angels, there's a passage in Genesis that talks about the children of man mating with the children of God, producing offspring, and that's why God floods the world, because the fallen angels have sex with humans. I've never heard of it. Like, it depends Raisin, on how... have you heard that? I want to have sex with an angel. It depends on how you interpret it. But that's... Raisin, get off your phone. I'm evolving Pokemon! <laughs> I wasn't going to throw it, buddy. Calm, oh, your... yours. Calm yourself. Right. Calm yourself. Yeah, what's your question? Okay, for these angels... What are those? Oh, eggs. Those are eggs. For angels that procreate with humans, is it... Like male angels with female humans, or is it male humans? Angels in the Bible are typically described as being male. Yeah. Dang it. I've never heard of a female angel in the I Bible. I don't think any angels in the in the Bible are female. Very few angels are even mentioned by name. It's uh, Gabriel, Michael, and then if you want to go deep into Catholic tradition, you have um, the other two, mm -hmm. Raphael mm -hmm. and... What's the fourth one? If we had a Catholic here, they would know. Leonardo. No, it's, I wish I knew. I used to know. Donatello. The angels that are described in the in the Bible physically, they, like four you wouldn't even consider them male or female. You wouldn't be attracted like, to them. They're like freaking wheels. Wheels? <laughs> like there's one that's just three um, wheels of eyes, and it just moves around in a circle, and it has wings, and that's literally it. It, does not, it does not have Uriel, a body. Yeah. Uriel's the fourth. Oh, I should have known that. Yeah. Wait, that's an Isaac, isn't it? Yes, that is a character in Binding of Isaac. But no, I believe in like the Protestant Bible, it's just Gabriel and Michael, and the other two are Catholic things. Why? I'm so tired of this. Is this going to be one religious text that we all actually believe in? Well, the Catholics have 14 one. extra books that they consider official. Right. You have to pay why? extra for those. It's the DLC. It's the, the DLC, DLC Catholic Supreme religion. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't think that's literal. I feel like that's obviously a metaphor. Any more thoughts before we move on? Wait, I feel like there was unanswered. Was that the end of his quote? He was just, that was, okay, I'll read it again. The pastor taught the end times would feature an army of cherubs and giants. The giants were the spawn of angels procreating with humans. So that's his bad experience? I mean, it's a bad sermon. It doesn't really make sense. It's something silly. And so this was derived from something that's not really teaching the Bible, is what he's saying. Yes. Okay. I think that's what he's saying because this there's there's passages which could, if you take them literally, kind of mean that, but these are often considered metaphors. He has um, one more statement. This I think is, it's a cool concept, but I do not think that was really the lesson that was preached, or should have been preached. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, the next the final thing from Bo No Room for Boom Boom, uh, I did ask him a question. I said. What were you expected to think about while masturbating? Drywall? And he responded with, we were we were told to think of nothing while we did it. Okay, so just focus on the feelings. Which, that seems sinful to me, more so because you're not supposed to focus on your own feelings and desires. 
Why? Because the desires of your heart are wicked and cruel. Above, uh, the, the imaginations of the man's heart are cruel and wicked above all. It's in Psalms somewhere. I think that, okay, let me just say, say this. Mike uses this a lot. He's like, oh, I don't want you to do this. And I'm like, well, okay, let's find a compromise. And he's like, nope, we'll just ignore my feelings. My feelings won't matter. And I'm like, why are you such a bitch? It'll just take it to an unhealthy level. It's not unhealthy. So, I'm just saying. Well, no, we're, we're, have the, there, the compromise is this. One person gives up. That's the compromise. No. No, that's not a compromise. <laughs> not a compromise. If you give up. That's just giving up. Yeah. There's no compromise to be made there. If you so, give up, then she does whatever she wants. Yeah. And that's the compromise. Then you can't complain about it either. I, no, it needs to be equal. Sometimes I need to get what I want. and sometimes... That's not a compromise. That's but not anyway. a... <laughs> she could just totally use that against you in the future. Be like, I don't feel like it. Finish by yourself. <laughs> yeah. But see, but... I give up. <laughs> so, yeah, let's take away Mike's, like, twisted worldview. And... <laughs> Done. <laughs> and, like, if you focus just on the feelings, I guess that's not too bad. But is that even possible? Are people not, like... I can do it, but... It's yeah, not preferred. Sure. Like, you can't just, you have to be thinking. Like, I don't randomly just get aroused. Yeah. Like, I have to be, there has to be a stimuli. Mm -hmm. Have I ever been a stimuli? You're a stimuli right now, boy. I could just, Cute. I can do things to get it up without thinking about anything. Yeah. Anyway. Look at this drywall. <laughs> Look and, at this graph. And the final thing from No Room for Boom Boom. They made me hold signs of aborted babies out of the clinics at just eight years old. What? Signs of aborted babies? Yes. Like pictures of like, them? That's that's what I interpret that as. Oh so God. I've seen this a lot at abortion. Why are conservatives providers. so... Sorry, this is political. But... Be political, that's the point. Yeah. Why, why do they think that's okay? Right. This gruesome photo of this mutilated fetus. We're going to have this child mm. hold it up. Also, <laughs> those, those mutilated images they're not of like fetuses that would have survived outside the womb exactly this this is yeah like, it is so incomprehensibly rare that somebody would actually go through with that like at a full birth you know level. yeah that does not happen as much happen. as they think it does but yes you should not make children hold signs outside of clinics that is child abuse yeah and that's using them for your own motives mm -hmm. uh that's kind of, in my opinion that's almost like non-consensual Especially since this guy is saying how weird and bizarre it was that he was made to do this. So it, it, it's obviously not a consensual thing. Next up from the Orb King. When I was a kid, I remember watching a Southern Baptist preacher get red in the face, absolutely screaming because Chinese people eat aborted fetuses. Oh my Jesus Christ. Ew. He showed all of us a thousand people of this 3,000 person conversation, Zhu Yu's performance art in which he pretends to eat a fetus. According to the preacher, they are fetuses because, according to the preacher, they eat fetuses because they are godless communists. And without God, this kind of thing happens. It was a sign of the end times. Today, in honor of that memory, I own a piece of Zhu Yu's work. This is one of those lessons where they teach anything that's not Christian related is satanic. Mm -hmm. And like they truly believe that everything is like the worst Satanist cult, even if they're even if they're just small groups of people that just don't believe. And their whole thing about how, oh, this is why communism is bad, because it's clearly misinformation. It's an art piece. Like, no one's really eating a fetus. That's a crime in all countries, I believe. You can't just eat. A, it's cannibalism. Question, what if what if that actual art piece was to represent, like... The extreme um, against, views? Or, yeah, extreme views, or, like, what if it was to represent 
being against abortion. The best way. You know what I mean? Like, what if it was actually, what if they were for the same ideology? Okay, yeah, so I just Googled Zhu Yu, and this is what came up. Zhu Yu is a cannibal living in China. <laughs> so maybe he did eat one. I'd like to see this piece of art. I haven't looked How at this How is that yet. art, then? That's... Art can be interpreted. The as performance art piece eating people. Zhu photographs himself cooking and eating a fetus that he divided into five parts. Oh, Zhu says that he herewith announces his intention and aim to eat people, to protest against mankind's moral idea that eating people is something that they cannot do. In response to Zhu's performance, mm. the Ministry of Culture cited a menace to social order and the spiritual health of the people and banned exhibitions involving animal abuse, corpses, overt violence, and sexuality. However, this piece did not even appear at the exhibit the night before the exhibition. Ai Weiwei collaborated with Zhu, and the photographs were removed from the gallery. The piece was thought controversial, and organizers did not want to risk government censorship for the rest of the exhibit. The response to this work stemmed from its appearance on the internet shortly after. This later generated the question of whether eating babies was accepted on various myth-debunking websites. So, regardless of that, I'll have to do some more research to find out if this is real. He's using that one extreme person as an example exactly. of everything that's not what he considers, you know, holy. But even the communist Chinese government tried to uh, yeah. censor this guy because, yeah. like, dude, that's weird. Like, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> you can't just blame... That's like blaming an entire race for one person's actions. You can't do that. And that happens a lot. You have one unusual person, in this case an Asian person, who maybe ate a fetus, maybe didn't, and suddenly the pastor seems to be saying, oh, all of China is full of godless people that eat babies. There's one way we could figure this out. Does it mention what time period yes. this was in? Uh, let's find out. Because there was this very specific time period. 1998? 1998. It was the beginning of the satanic panic. And for those who don't know those terms, it's basically when a bunch of Christians started saying, Harry Potter is the worst thing ever because it involves magic. Pokemon's bad because there's psychic Pokemon in it, and that's Spawn of the Devil. Everything was Satanist. And, like, they preached this in churches all across America, and it was known as the Satanic Panic. It was just a big row up to get people to stop caring about anything on social media and just stick with the church. I'm reading about this guy... This is a quote from him where he says, or an attributed quote, where he says his the point of his works is to critique the Chinese society's moral values. I feel like a lot of people do that. Like, I don't know, like, it's shock value for the point of shock value. I don't really get the point behind it. But uh, like we said, this is just one person. This a lot not, of YouTubers are like yeah, that. This right. is not indicative of the whole country. And How did the preacher find this? Because it seems like super... Yeah, it's deep. a very deep dive. Uh -huh. You would have to... Like, this is something I would have never heard of. Right. Did but... he, like, research these things? I feel like he purposely went out of his way to find the worst possible example he could mm -hmm. find mm -hmm. and use it as an example of everyone that did not agree with him. Mm -hmm. You could just as easily find examples of really bizarre things that Christians have done. Mm -hmm. Potentially, it's more populous. Do what? It's more popular. Like, you'll find more examples of that within Christianity. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the most of the world is like, what, 90% religious? So it makes sense for most of them, most of the pedophiles, to be religious. Mm -hmm. That's fair. It's like if you had a larger population of atheists, then there would be a larger population of molesters who are atheists. But because there are so many Christians, mm -hmm. it's not to say that... Right. You, yeah. can't put, you can't put everyone in the same category. On to the next one. Next one. This is from... There's a lot darker and deeper than our last conversation about it. This is from Comprehensive Mud 132 
The sermon that lives rent-free in my memory bank is the one that was about the Eagles' smash hit, Hotel California. It was brought to life by the ever-so-long-winded young preacher who was notorious for beating a dead horse. In this sermon, in this sermon, he definitely did not waver from his style. I wish I remembered the scriptures he used, but if I was a betting man, I would put my money on the combination of Sodom and Gomorrah and probably Corinthians. What I remember most is the weird crying and forming the song lyrics, like it's God asking you if you enjoy the things that you're doing, walking around the church and sweating profusely and weeping. One of the most cringiest things I've ever seen. I wish I knew more of the exact details, but every time this dude preached, we were there until like 1130 to midnight. Good Lord. So from my understanding, this pastor is taking the song Hotel California mm-hmm. and somehow making it a God thing. The thing with music is it's up for interpretation a lot of the lyrics. Uh, for the most, for the majority of that song, I think it's pretty straightforward what the message is about. You have to really stretch the lyrics to try to make it fit that motive. Um, like, it's like it's like saying all stars about Satanism. It's just not. It's very weird to make those connections. I wish we had more detail, uh, comprehensive mud. But we're going to move on to disgruntled almond. I don't have the link, but the worst I heard was along the lines of, if you're not 100% committed to this church, get out, because someone else wants your seat. <laughs> That's such a prideful thing to say. Is, yeah. <laughs> We're so popular, we don't even need you. We don't need you. Donate mm-hmm. your money and leave, please. Yeah, give your money and leave. Someone else can take your seat. you got to be fully committed. What does that mean? I, I don't fully. know. what. That, I guess that means, you know a phrase I heard a lot? What? You have to give till it hurts you. Tithing That's a is horrible more, thing. Yeah, tithing is different. That's You're no supposed to give beyond the tithe. You're supposed to give until you feel bad about it. I've never heard. Raisin, I've, have you ever heard that? I feel bad every time I spend money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do, it hurts me every time. Yeah. Well, then I guess he's doing it right. Well, I'm doing good. <laughs> also, from Disgruntled Almond, I just remembered a worse one. The sermon topic was church hurt. Instead of talking about reconciliation or the elders owning up to their side of things, the message ended with a call to sign up to volunteer because many people serving would equal fixing any hurt. There you go. That's No, that's not how. There are five molestations in our organization. Instead of doing anything, we're going to sign up more volunteers (laughs) to molest. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Oh, no. Would any of you like to... Ew, oh. you look like a molester. Oh, no. Come up, oh. come up on here. Oh, no. You need a volunteer. To- well, thank you for that, Mr. Almond. Moving on, this one is from Glass Drops. At my church summer camp, one of the last days was about purity. The presenting pastor's what? daughter was the same age as us and attending the camp this week, too. Oh, no. Oh, All please. I remember is that the entire thing was uncomfortable for Not two specific moments. Not the PK. First, there was a game where peanut butter was on either side of plexiglass and four teams and of two boy and girl, held it up and had to lick it off each side until you could see through it. What? I don't remember what it was relating to, but looking back, it was really weird. That's unhygienic. So you have like a piece of, like a plane of glass, and there's peanut butter on one side of the, you have to lick the peanut butter off the glass until you can see through it? That seems like a really over-sexualization of children type thing. Dude, this was, this was not a, this was not a lesson. This was a preacher's kink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They wanted these kids to perform a kink for him. Because That's what the story is. If you're like licking glass and someone is also licking glass on the other side of mm-hmm. you, what is that going to look like from some perspectives? Mm-hmm. Depending on uh, that's that would make me That's very uncomfortable. This was a fetish. Yeah. This was not a church service. This guy was using religion as a reason to get these kids mm-hmm. to do very yeah. bad things. Yeah. Secondly, he said, sex is like Pringles. Once you pop, you just don't stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
I'm gonna use that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your pastor to say that. I no, I'll just say it myself. Oh wow, you honestly you just get up in the middle of the lesson and just <laughs> look towards everybody. You know, it, God, it, God wanted me to tell you. It's not even going to be about like sex or anything. The lesson. God wanted me to tell you that sex is like Pringles. Just mess up, mess it up. Just be like, if you pop, it's Pringles, and then just sit back down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> your Pringles. I think that the Pringles comment, like further, um, further shows that what she said is true, Drew, about this guy about the preacher oversexual yeah. like mm-hmm. i've never known someone to think so much about children having sex than pastors right yeah it's very creepy it is. um me and tiny went to uh my mom's church one day and they wanted us i call it a sexual commitment hmm. is how this is how i phrased it going out of that church but it was basically a uh, promise never to have sex until after marriage and they made us write our names on a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. And we got to take that paper home with us. And it was so creepy. And, like, it, it felt like, looking back at it, it's obvious manipulation at a very young age, mm-hmm. at a very impressionable age, to make you feel bad if you have sex before marriage. But, of course, I don't care. Yeah. I, yeah. But, like, <laughs> I remember singing, a, a, you know how I used to make up songs? You know how I was you back in high school? <laughs> Back in uh, elementary school? You copied my songs. Yeah. I was, how did the song go? It's like, I made a sexual commitment. I'm going to remain sexually pure. I was just singing that out loud and all the adults would cringe as I said sexual in any way. Good job, Drew. This next one is from Sea Cow Siren. The last time I ever went to church with my parents, it was Father's Day. The pastor spent the entire sermon preaching about how fathers need to raise their sons to be better, God-fearing, manly men, so they don't grow up to become gay. <laughs> oh. Basically, the theme of the entire sermon was, the gays are evil and we need to save the children. It was utterly ridiculous Baptist ideology. At a non-denominational church, which I now realize our Baptist church is rebranded in the worst way possible, I seriously could not believe my ears. I looked around the room in shock after some of his more ridiculous statements, but everyone in the room was nodding their heads and raising their hands in agreement. How can they not hear it? How could I not, how could I not have heard this for years and years? Mm-hmm. It felt like I finally woke up listening to him and was finally hearing how awful and hateful the things he had been saying actually were. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe I had to listen to that man every Sunday for years and years. After that, I told my mom I would never be going back to that church or any church with them. Good for you, Sea Cow Siren. Yeah, definitely good for you. This just kind of proves that Baptist churches, for the most part, the majority of those people have never met anyone really gay in their entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. They see that stereotypical uh, reality or TV show where they're like overly like feminine mm-hmm. if they're a guy and they, they talk mm-hmm. like this and like, oh my God, did you see <laughs> like that kind of mindset? It's like if you meet real gay people, you know they're not like that most of the time. Mm-hmm. And the problem is this. These organizations want to keep you from meeting gay people. They want to keep you from meeting anyone outside of the organization. You're encouraged to not mm-hmm. have friends outside of the group. You're you encouraged to not have to not be too close to anyone outside of the group. What was that, Kayla? That is... We'll get back to that after the ad. <laughs> Here's the thing. People who have the same mindset are more easy to control. Mm-hmm. If you control more people, you have more power. More money. That's mm-hmm. why they teach this stuff at a very early age. Yep, it's Most people that hear this for the first time at four years old will keep it with, for them 
the rest of their lives and they'll, they'll never use critical thinking. And that's why there's such a big push now in politics to get more religious involvement in schools. Florida just recently mm -hmm. passed a bill, excuse me, a passed a constitutional amendment making school board elections partisan. So, yeah. and that the people still have to vote on constitutional amendments in Florida, but if it passes, that will be a thing. Most states don't have that. Mm -hmm. And if certain people take over the school boards, then the education changes. And Texas recently passed a law mandating the Ten Commandments be displayed in every school, <laughs> every schoolroom, and that there be a time for prayer in every schoolroom. How is this going to help anything? Like genuinely, is it I don't think telling kids not to murder is going to help. I don't think that. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty intrinsic. I mean, that's how vague and basic the Ten Commandments are. Mm -hmm. Well, school shooter walks in, little Timmy. The Ten Commandments say that you can't murder me. You can't murder, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Also, which version of the Ten Commandments are they talking about? Because the Jews, the Catholics... It's going to be... Christians you know it's going to be the basic Christian yeah. uh, Baptist mm -hmm. ones. There's a different set. Uh, Kayla, the Catholic Ten Commandments really is 11, right? Mm -hmm. I know they split the covet thing into two commandments, right? Yes, yeah. You can't cover your neighbor's wife and you can't cover your, covet your neighbor's like See, in Protestant, that's just one commandment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I might be wrong though. I'm not. Well, ten sounds I'm better than eleven. Yeah, I'm not religious. No, they still have ten. It's like they they combine two of them and then split the covet one. Mm -hmm. I forget which two they combine. That's right. All righty, next one. The next one. Do 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 do. This is one of those songs that he made up. In the middle this of the is day. from. This is the part of the podcast where Michael stalls to get back to where he was. <laughs> this is the. Did that say black titties? It said back tithes. Oh, interesting. Get your mind out of the gutter. I apologize. This is Christian talk. I do yeah, want to apologize. I'd like to apologize to Cruising Blues, who commented that they would not be able to listen to my podcast without having a panic attack. And someone else responded saying, it's not worth getting triggered. Oh my gosh. Uh, Why? What? Which, were, this was which, a, which topic were they talking about? This was in a group uh, of former Pentecostals, and there is a lot of trauma associated with former Pentecostals. Yeah, but we did get some good ones that I want to go to, over. Yeah, we can do like um, a trigger warning type thing. People know my podcast now enough to know not to listen if they are triggered. Okay. Anyway, so this is from Automatic Mention 96. Give 10% of your tithe on the gross income plus interest if you held back or were late in pain. Gifts and offerings are above and beyond this amount. Do not rob God or you'll take it out of your life by other means, such as repairs and extra costs of living. Give and God will return it to you a hundredfold, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Back ties. Never mind the priest who received ties that couldn't own property. Keep paying your ties so that my kids can go to a great college and drive <laughs> European cars while we travel the globe. Yeah, you got to remember, it's not really money towards the church. Mm -hmm. It's money towards the person who owns the church. And when they say tithe on your gross income, that is just so offensive to me. Because, like, let's say you make $1,000. The government takes 200 out. You're left with 800 They expect you to tithe off of the 1000 and not off of the 800. That's really messed up. Mm -hmm. That's money you really don't have. Especially since it's the, the, the church is tax exempt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that's exactly. Such, it's such a loophole. It's such a like, oh, makes me mad. She walks away. <laughs> but I uh, don't have a lot to say about tithing except don't do it. <laughs> I will say, you know, say a lot about Catholicism. It has its faults, but. Um, they do have nicer buildings. Yeah, then the money, you actually see where it goes. Like the bricks that they use, they have like people's names and brains. I do like Catholic churches, just for the looks of them. Mm -hmm. I would love to like one day visit um, 
like Europe and just see oh, there's all some beautiful their, churches there. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I'm not fond of their beliefs, I really like their buildings there. Yeah, and you can also argue because the priests have to remain celibate. Um, you know, of course, you know what else happens, but <laughs> <laughs> they don't have extra. You know, they don't have the need to put money elsewhere. Right. So that mm-hmm. kind of has a better structure in that life. There needs yeah. to be better safeguards in place to prevent children from getting molested for sure but anyway we just need to put a chastity belt on every single well, thing about it right if priests are supposed to not have sex why don't they just because what did paul say paul said that uh being married is for weak people and that if you're a really strong committed christian you would not get married you would never have sex mm-hmm. so taking that to its logical conclusion why don't all priests just get their penises removed and castrated why don't they become eunuchs <laughs> uh, that's a very extreme thing to suggest, but I'm not suggesting. Yeah. I'm asking. You had me in the first half. <laughs> uh, I mean, because I don't see anything that would say they can't do that. Uh, but also, since we know this religion is, let's be honest, it's, it's bullshit. <laughs> like it'd be horrible to like throw away something that makes you human just for the sake of a belief you were indoctrinated with. Yeah, and it's it would suck. Like. Especially if they realize that after the fact. But I'm just I'm just curious, right? Because you're not supposed to have sex. You're not supposed to have children. What is the purpose for is continuing true, yeah. to have these organs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the whole point is to, to fight piss. The temptation. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Well, like in the, in the act to of test fighting, yourself, I guess. Yeah, to fight your temptations. Because in the act of fighting your temptations, you're supposed to become more... Um, understanding of other people's struggles. Hmm. I tell you one thing: most of them are losing. <laughs> <laughs> They're losing him too. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, there was a big time period where it, this thing was weekly. Mm-hmm. That's not an exaggeration. It was literally weekly. If, to the mm-hmm. point, South Park made an episode making fun of how often it happens. And like in the episode, they all go to church. And it's all just so they could laugh at the Catholic and make uh, really bad jokes about him. And, like, there was a scene where uh, Butters uh, is trying to help his pastor. And, like, his pastor's hanging out with him. And, like, Randy comes downstairs like, oh, my God, Sharon, get the camera. Their pastor is doing the thing. He was just hanging out in there. In their yeah. If you have ever seen the movie Spotlight, that's a good one. But that last few minutes, it hits you because it's a true story about molestation in Catholic churches, the past five minutes as the movie ends, there's a giant list on screen of like all the different towns that have had a case an incident of a priest molesting someone. It's like every town. And then you think it's over, and then the screen goes black, another screen list of town pops up, and then another list of towns pops up, uh, and it goes on, and it makes you progressively more uncomfortable. I, like, there's a reason this is a stereotype. Mm-hmm. Like... I don't think we can get backlash for pointing out something. It's a problem that needs to be addressed. Like, yes, we are saying our opinions, but our opinions are based off fact. Yeah, and here's the thing, though. The, I think that the, the original issues are never really addressed. So you have these, these priests that perhaps were molested when they were children, and the way that they come to terms with that, and, like, especially with... The that, cycle continues. Yeah, that's, that's how they have to process it, and they almost have to make sure, like, they have to make it Feel like it's okay by doing it themselves i've so heard guilt it makes it even, like compound yeah that issue. 
I've heard this one excuse, and you guys can correct me if this is wrong, but this is the excuse one person made. Mm-hmm. It's that they can't have sex, you know, uh, with a woman, but there is no uh, verse about them saying they can't have sex with a kid. Is how one tried to defend himself. Is uh, is that true or is that wrong? There is no section in the Bible that I'm aware of that says verbatim not to have sex with children. Mm-hmm. Say I that was his excuse, and I think a lot of them use that excuse. That is a really but stupid it's excuse. Still, the law. Yeah. Yeah, and but they don't care about the law. Their religion is law to them. Right. And here's the thing: there's so many verses and books of the Bible that have been erased, burned. Yeah. So how? That's my thing. Like, how can you live your life? believing this and processing and you know living your life by these doctrines when it's incomplete we don't have most from what i know most religious people of all groups Mm -hmm. just do not know about those burned books because they are not taught about Mm -hmm. them right they're taught that the king james bible magically appeared on top of a mountain one day (laughs) descended from god himself like the reality is king james it's just marketing made up a bunch of stuff because he was a very he had a lot of calvinist beliefs and Mm -hmm. if you read the king james translation and compare it there's a lot of calvinist bias in the king james translation and i still don't get why like even if you google this there are so many websites defending king james and saying how it's accurate it's actually hard to find a real viewpoint Mm -hmm. that describes Mm -hmm. what you just mentioned because it's like everyone is so indoctrinated to believe to believe that King's James, King James is the ultimate word of God, you know? And it's just kind of frustrating because it got so many things wrong. It doesn't go into detail. There was one thing that King James specifically did. He told people that the Bible needed to be more exciting so that common people would be interested in it. Marketing. So there's a lot of verses about unicorns in the King James Bible that are just made up. Really? I didn't yeah. know the unicorns were made That's up. That's made up, yeah. What about, well, A better translation is horse. Wow. What about giants? Um, I don't know about that one. Because we don't have any proof of any giants, and I feel like their bones would have completely decomposed. You know, what's interesting point. is the evidence we do have scientifically shows that humans used to be shorter instead of taller. No. Well, no. There was no. a it no. was a different race of uh, humans. Yeah. No, like the average height has continually been increasing over okay, time. Okay, so I can explain that. So for those who don't know, I studied anthropology for a short time in college. I was really into it. So I have a lot of like background information on this. So in islands, in island areas, the stature of people are, were smaller um, because it's a smaller island. This same thing works for animals. Oh, I get that. So yeah. they were like pygmy type humans, right? So that's one like offshot. Of so that, that's race. what lowers the average. It's not that. Okay. And then on top of that, when, you know, in the 6th, 6th century, 600th century, nutrition was great. You need certain nutrition in order to make your bones grow stronger. So that also attributes to it. And then on top of that, about the giants, there is actually evidence that there have been giant ape-like, you know, human offshot species. The get... Gigantopithecus. Mm, yeah, kind of. There's, uh, well, that's honestly, more of a orangutan, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, that one's more like ape-like. The one I'm thinking of, it's um, Homo ergaster, I want to say, or Homo, um, I can never remember it. But it, There's it, so many homos. It is weird that they chose that word specifically to describe yeah. so many extinct. Well, it's, it's Latin for like, I want to say like humanoid or something. It's, there's some sort of Latin. I want to call it just Latin. Call it just Latin. But, that, but there is proof that our brains have, like, the signature memory of, like, a giant ape-like creature, which is why we still have these fears and beliefs of Bigfoot, because one did exist 
way back when and we had those like the cells in our um yeah i've heard that before mm -hmm. it's like the human mind does not it's not born with any specific fears except um like height i think yeah it's uh falling mm -hmm. and uh i think the dark mm -hmm. i think are the main two fears that you're naturally born with and, and then, then everything else is learned or developed right but then you also have these like hidden um fears that crop up yeah so when it comes to these a lot giants, of people are scared of clowns it doesn't make it it, it makes kind of sense to for there to be an instinct reaction of something that looked really bizarre that our minds can't comprehend yeah. yeah 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 but the reason i brought that up is because those longer long creatures um it makes sense that it's, it's biblical as well like for years people are afraid of these giants it's even now in comp like everyday um storytelling like when it comes to attack on titan the anime yeah giant creatures so i think that's really interesting because we can trace those memories back with history um, historical records and with anthrop anthropology like we can see these giant um proofs do you think that in the time that the bible was written uh, specifically the verses about these giants mm -hmm. do you think they took it from real life of that time period or do you think these were fears that they came up with and then wrote about. I think that the fears, I think a little bit of both. I think the fears were intrinsic. I think kind of like the fear of the dark. I think that that was potentially in the background of our human. Because um, the story of David Goliath, uh, I personally think that was a metaphor to mm -hmm. give a story. Um, There's a lot of metaphors as well. Most people that are religious, they believe it actually did happen. Kind mm -hmm. of like the flood, even though we have records that. The flood of Gilgamesh was made up, and that was before Noah's Ark. Yeah, and I think people forget, like, these are stories that are secluded to their limited view of the world. Yeah. These people who wrote these stories, they weren't able to It was their best explanation the for how the world yeah. formed back then. So maybe there was a giant flood that, that flooded, you know, their entire village and town. If that's all they knew, then the entire world, their yeah. village. That makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Next one. This is a new development. We're shifting. This one is actually written by someone who is a Christian. So we're going to hear their take on it. Okay, cool. There was one time, there was one I went to where they didn't understand the dispensationalism. And that's a fancy Christian term that we can get into later if we'd like at all. So they tried to mix the gifts of the Jews in the Old Testament to Christians in the New Testament, which doesn't work at all, which is the same reason that led to them shortly into the sermon speaking in tongues, which was literally a bunch of gibberish, crying, hysterical laughter, and wailing. The whole thing was a big bunch of satanic blasphemy by them acting like a bunch of nuts and claiming it was God that gave them the utterance and made them do all of it. It was a really weird and compulsively lying friend who had invited me. I recommend to any newly saved Christians out there to stay away from the charismatic movement and just read the Bible. Okay, this is a very interesting topic, and I'm kind of glad this guy brought this up. Um, I'm sure there is a group of people that truly believe, uh, like they're adrenaline starts running their feelings and emotions are so heightened to the point where they feel the need to scream mm -hmm. uh, i feel like a big portion of those people are attention seeking and we're also indoctrinated growing up in that uh in that, that movie, area yeah. being like okay you don't believe unless you do this or you, you're not a really good christian unless you do this and it, they just kind of slowly get into it and then you can also make yourself believe it if you do something hard enough mm -hmm. There's a scientific term because people's brains that are in this state and people have been studied and analyzed, hooked up to machines and nodules. And it's it's legitimate to the extent like they're not 
sometimes they aren't faking it. Yeah. Like their brain is producing these these words and these noises that they don't understand. Mm-hmm. There is a scientific term for that. I'm going to look that up now. I think everybody uh, handles their adrenaline rush in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I might not be screaming and jumping around, but for me, my entire body shakes. Mm-hmm. Like I go into like a chihuahua mode and like I notice that I can't really control my movements very well when I'm in that state. Um, but that I feel like for my case, it's more rare and it's more common for you to be jumping up and down and screaming and running around. And when you're passionate about something, you know, that's fine. But there's a lot of skepticism for people, not just Christians, but people who aren't practicing, who go into these types of environments and see this for the first time. A lot of skepticism, but it's just how people practice the way they believe. And, and this guy, he's a Baptist Christian. Yeah. It sounded like that, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but uh, my first time going into a Pentecostal uh, church, I was also Baptist. And it's like my first thought was, yeah, this looks kind of satanic. <laughs> Everybody's screaming around and screaming Arabic words or Spanish or just, mm-hmm. you know. Yo ran- soy, yo soy. Just random phrases. And it's like this one word on repeat that they figured out how to say, but like they don't even know what it means. It's kind of like. This feels more satanic than anything, and that's where his mind is coming from. Um, Kayla, did you have something you were going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, just, it kind of reminds me of back in the Salem Witch Trials. You know, if you have not not a lot of excitement or creativity that's allowed in your life, which I think is probably indoctrinated through other religions, and then you have this one religion that allows you to express yourself and dance, within those uh, specific, um, I guess, I don't know, events, yeah, specific events, then you're going to. I mean, if you're, that's, like, if, you know, think about day-to-day kids, 10-year-old kids are forced to sit in their classroom all day and just sit there and, you know, don't have a lot of engagement. (laughs) So, of course, when you have the opportunity to do so, you're going to do it, and it's going to be fun, and you're going to, like, make yourself think, oh, this is great. And then if somebody says God is giving this to you, that's going to make you want to do it more. So I yeah. think it is very much physiological and, um, you know, psychological. I mean, I've been through therapy. Um, I've been, I've had to force myself to control my actions and my thoughts to a certain degree. And I think that a lot of people can nowadays um, have that much insight over, you know, human behavior and control, but they can't actually encourage it even more yeah. to a point where it's more like, oh, it is God or whatever. And it may not actually, you know, that's not all the time what's happening. Um, it's definitely psychological because uh, when I try to have these conversations with uh, Christians, it doesn't matter what you throw at them. They kind of just go back to what they believe. And if it makes them more comfortable and more happy, right. more power to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's lots of cases where they're in doubt and mm-hmm. they would be a lot happier without it. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually those people end up committing suicide and don't live very long. It's very unfortunate, but there's a very high suicide rate amongst religious groups. Specifically religious, yes. Mm-hmm. It's really bad. I would. I want to be careful. I don't know about that. I, I just want to be careful of like citing that without that data. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to. I mean, I, want, I don't want to blame religion entirely. I'm not saying like, that. I'm just saying there like are we mentioned a high before. Number, there is a high number. I mean, that's. A, I'll look up the data right now. Since yeah. There's doubts. It's not that we're saying that you know most religious people 
do that because they're religious. It's just numbers. Like we mentioned earlier, 90% of the world is religious. That's just a number. That might not even be true. <laughs> Everyone listening, don't please don't take anything we're saying as absolute truth. Do your own research. Figure things out for yourself. And the numbers are always changing, so it could yeah. change again from the time of this podcast, whatever time someone's watching this. Or and the whole, the whole Let me know which great ape species i was trying to think of because you know you know it if, if you heard that you know what i'm talking about please let us know oh i get corrected one. all the time on youtube is, uh, what is, i called ratatata or ratata ratatata and i've been corrected on it twice oh yeah <laughs> i'm like guys it doesn't matter I, I said the actual word in the video it's just I it's funner to say ratatata I want to remember, so I like. Please let me know. We will figure I want it out. To know. We have only two sermons left. Uh, before you go to that, uh, I do want to ask Raisin what your opinion. What, what, what's your opinion on like this guy's uh, viewpoint in regards to what? In regards to like Pentecostals and how he views it as Satanists mm -hmm. and basically telling people not to go as as far as that. I wouldn't say that as satanic, because. I was, like, somewhat in the same boat as he was. To where I went to one of our friends' Pentecostal church. Was it mine? It was not yours. Oh. And they were, like, nearing the end of it, they were all, like, speaking in tongues or whatever. And I felt, like, pretty uncomfortable because that's not just what I was used to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same here. Being grown up in a free will Baptist church. Um... And also at the same time, like I was always told and I was always taught, and I've seen a verse in I think it's First Corinthians, uh, where it talks about spiritual gifts and about speaking in tongues to where like it has to have an interpreter. Yeah. Or else it's just noise at that point if it doesn't have an interpreter. Um there was no interpreter there. I had no idea what they were saying, if they were saying anything were you told that if that is the case that's when it's satanic because that's what i was taught like I was it's, never it's told, demonic if it's not well, i was never told anything right. about that really not that i can remember i just okay. remember seeing it in the bible saying like something about like it, it's like spiritual gifts speaking in tongues has to has an, have to have an interpreter hmm. like i believe speaking in tongues exists do you believe it was a past thing and today is just them trying to modernize it. I mean, I I mean, thinking about it like right now, I believe it happened a lot more back in Jesus's day. I would say, like way back then. Um, I mean, today, like I can probably count on one hand how many times I've heard like speaking in tongues personally. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't call it call that like satanic. Because I know that there's many ways that people worship and express express that worship. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like what y'all were saying. Like, Pentecostals really, like, scream out, dance, run laps. Like, my church, Free Will Baptist, we don't really do that. What kind of... Hands in the pocket, maybe some elbow flaps, you know. Yeah. <laughs> holding a fish, you're holding a fish, holding a fish, holding a fish. <laughs> All that. I feel like it really just comes down to everybody misinterpreting the Bible into their own viewpoint that makes them the most comfortable and what they're used to. And and I agree that like happens a whole lot between yeah. 
Christians. And there's, 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 unfortunately, there's a lot of judgment in between those religions because they're all based off the same religion. Mm-hmm. Like some people believe there has to be an interpreter or it's demonic. Some people believe that you can just scream and do whatever and that's, you know, that's fine. And then some people believe that you are truly not saved and you're not going to heaven unless you talk into tongues. And it goes way down the rabbit hole and then you believe that and there, there's some religions where they don't even talk yeah. about tongues because it doesn't matter to them. And it's like, I don't think there is one wrong answer. Um, See, it's with, whatever you're with me. With, I, um, I try to worship freely for myself, not for the person standing next to me or for anyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not the type of person to like, I'm in church and worship song comes on and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really feeling it in that moment. I don't like break out, like bust a move. I don't hit the wave, you know. I don't do any of that. Um, I mean, you grew you grew up in a church where yeah. they they don't typically do that. Usually, usually, like I do that stuff. Well, I'm not gonna say do that stuff. Like I I more so move around, like when I'm like in my room listening to worship music alone. Um, I mean, like there was a time like at my church where like just like outwardly express it like through the use of like hands just like waving hands about all this stuff um but never once did i like like run around or dance like and i've never seen that in my church recently in like the last year or two we did have a screamer kind of scared me a little bit (laughs) whenever it would happen it kind of scared me a little bit (laughs) um it's a powerful woman powerful voice (laughs) it kind of scared me a bit um but uh yeah, nothing like that. Like I never, I was never taught. Like, oh, this is satanic. I mean, my pastor has said from the pulpit that he believes that free will Baptist will not be the only domination in heaven. Denomination, because I feel like that's not a common. Mostly, it's the opposite. Thought. It's you yeah. have to go to this specific church. You have to worship this specific way. You see, have to believe this specific thing, or else you're just not going to make it. And see, like, control. <laughs> yep. And see, like, I haven't said like a whole lot in this podcast mainly because I haven't had anything to say. But like, my church. And I'm not trying to like toot my church's horn over here. Toot your horn. You can toot my horn if you want. Um, I'm not trying to say, oh, my church is the best. They're very different than like a whole lot of stories I've heard. Yeah. Um, There's yeah. a lot of bad stories. Yeah, out these there. things aren't indicative of every church. These yeah. Are just you know the the worst examples that we've gotten. Yeah, yeah. that's basically yeah. the that's what we're covering. And, like I see like my church worst. as like a very good and like understanding church, like. When it came to like, I think it was like Kayla, I think you were talking about like engaging like with kids and whatnot. Cause kids, mm-hmm. you sit them all in the room and you don't talk to them for like an hour and expect them to just yeah sit there, listen full attention. Like my church does, they like, I mean, they have like a whole like two or three like music videos that they can like get up, dance around, move around, mm-hmm. get some energy in, like really engage with the kids. I mean, that's a, <laughs> big part of my church is the youth i don't know if y'all said this but my they would they would have like so when the adults would have to like listen to the to the priest um like do the sermon or whatever um they would have uh, a bible school teacher and they would take all the little kids and take them out of the room they, they would just do their own study basically or, and i would have to do that i wish my church did that yeah they, I, they, they i had would... to sit in the adult sermon and just mm-hmm. sit there for an hour and a half no, and they just be kids. bored they were like, get out of here. And see, yeah. like during COVID, 
like kind of like in the midway point of COVID, my church tried to like get the kids' church going again by like, and the way my church is set up, like we have that the big auditorium building, and then like across the street we have like our gymnasium, which is where like a whole lot of the kids' uh, stuff was held. During like the midway point of COVID, uh, we just used one of the Sunday school rooms in my. We call it big church. Ever since we were yeah. little, big church and little big church. church. That's yeah, what I, I got. That big church, kid church. Um, we just had like we sent them to like one of the rooms, and there was just one point in the middle of service we just heard all the kids screaming, <laughs> like I don't know why. And but my pastor, my pastor has always said that we welcome noise. That means like that means like the church is alive. That there's people there. Yeah, mm-hmm. mainly from like. He mainly like you know talking about the kids like if you if your kids are making noise we welcome that so like he welcomes kids making noise and he always jokes like if adults are making noise probably get checked out yeah um and of course like when it comes to finances finances good lord it's a big topic when church gets brought up yeah and that's understandable for yeah. all the things we mentioned earlier today but from what I've heard and from what my pastor said. I don't know if it's true because I'm not on like the finance team or anything like that, but I've also never known my pastor to be a liar to me. He says like, he doesn't even look at who gives or any of that. Like Mm -hmm. he has no touch on like the whole finances or anything. There's a whole team for that. Like ideas are brought to him and like, he's like, he can determine like, yeah, that's a good idea. Well, that's a bad idea. And then they also like go to the deacons of the church, so like it's not just him making the decisions. Yeah, that's a good way because he believes like that's not what church is supposed to be about. Just one person running the whole thing. Right. He believes that's not what it's supposed to be about. So, I really like appreciate my church for that, um, and all that stuff. So, I consider it one of the quote unquote good churches. So, all right, Mike. What's your next one? This is from One Hot Turnip. One Hot Turnip. These names are great. (laughs) My elementary school priest would tell us that if someone came into the church with a gun and had said, stand up if you believe in Jesus, we had to stand up and die. I've heard this scenario before. We were in kindergarten to third grade. That's why I grew up convinced this was a normal thing that happened. Oh, God. I always felt a looming sense of danger whenever I was in mass. (laughs) I feel like this was taught at our school by, like, one of a random... One of the random preachers that would get up every Wednesday. Because well, I remember the scenario somewhere. Here's where the story comes from. Uh, when the Columbine shooting happened, there was a myth that came out that the shooters walked around asking everyone if they believed in God and shooting the people that said yes. The truth is that one of the shooters walked up to one person and said, do you believe in God? And before the person could even answer or move or do anything, they were shot. And killed. What was the point of asking him the question? To screw with them. To make them more afraid, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how a school shooter thinks. I don't know what goes through their minds. It, there's probably no reason behind it. But this this was something that right wing media personalities co opted to fit the agenda. Like there's some sort of war on Christianity. Like how there's a war on Christmas. <laughs> there's the fake war on Christmas. The ten percent are fighting back. Put them back in their place. We'll make our Christmas ours again. But yeah, it's like the whole point of that school shooting was not a religious thing. There were other motivations that the motivations don't matter because you shouldn't shoot up a school regardless of your reasoning. 
but it, it wasn't because it was a Christian thing. So this this guy was talking about it specifically doing some psychological damage to him? Yeah, now he said he was afraid every time in Mass he felt a sense of impending doom. And I felt that before. When I, go, when I used to go to church as a kid, I would think... I felt it too for a bit. Yeah. Okay, where can I sit to where if someone walks in with a gun, I can escape? Unfortunately, with the amount of gun crimes and violence in America, that is something you have to be aware of. But I'm not aware of too many cases where someone, in America at least where someone points a gun at you and says, I will kill you if you say you're a Christian. That I'm sure it happens in places like the Middle East and other countries. Like a lot of perse- persecution happens. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm just, I'm not aware of any cases in America or something like that. Um, I, I, I mean, that's because we, we just don't, like, face that kind of persecution here, thankfully. Yeah. Like, we don't have to do that. Um, Over there, it's a constant war on, I'm right, bam. No, I'm right, bam. And they are constantly fighting well, each other. Well, especially because, like, Christianity and like believing in God and Jesus, it's not, yeah, it's the norm here, yeah, yeah, like it's more so apparent over here than it's like rare over there. Like, you got like, like the Middle East, you got like Buddhism, uh, Muslim, all these different kind of religions where like Christianity is not the uh, uh, the main one, the dominant one, yeah, yeah dominant that's the word I was thinking of. For our case, when it comes to Christianity, uh, they get a real hard on for uh, revelations. Being like the end of the world is right around the corner, and they've been teaching that since the Bible was created. I don't think I've ever had a hard on when, <laughs> and I had a whole series my Sunday school teacher did about revelations. Not once. <laughs> Christopher Columbus was dead set that it was going to happen in his time period, which was what, 1490s? Well, let me tell you something. Remember 2012? Oh my God! Everyone thought the world was going to end in 2012 just because the Mayan calendar ended. That is such a dumb you know why reason. The calendar ended because they ran out. They ran out of numbers. They didn't want to keep writing. They're like, okay, this is like 2,000 years from now. I think we can stop here. This is a good stopping point. <laughs> That's it, it. Wasn't to it wasn't to say that. I the imagine the here. guy just like uh, wiped the sweat from his forehead. Like, man, screw this. I'm out. <laughs> the best, uh, the the best one I can think of when people thought the world was going to end. For, you know, the billionth time for religious reasons uh, was when CERN was planning oh, on yeah, that. Uh, starting up the Hydro Collider. Yeah, I remember uh-huh. They did it again. They did it again? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, this past year. Well, everybody was so convinced that they were going to open a portal to hell and all <laughs> these demons were going to come out. And that's when Revelation was going to start. Um, that, I felt like that was the closest to reality because it involved something scientific. Uh, was it Stephen Hawking's that was worried about the Hydron Collider, saying it will it could possibly start a black hole, and that's why we shouldn't? Yeah, uh, it, it could possibly start a black hole. But those are one thing about the Book of Revelations is that it was written thousands of years ago, talking about current day issues of the time, like the whole Mark of the Beast, for instance. That's just a reference to Nero. Yeah. yeah, which a lot of people don't understand that either. It's not supposed to be this literal prophecy of the future. It's a metaphor for current events of that time. Yeah. And you can kind of put the puzzle pieces better together if you look at it that way. But so many people are like, "Uh, this locust is obviously a helicopter in modern day. I heard that. It was so stupid. (laughs) Because even as a kid, I was like, it says locust. Why would it be a helicopter? That doesn't make any sense. But that was his best way of explaining what he was seeing. Don't you think Jesus would have told him what words to use? Yeah. 
Dude, imagine that would be so crazy if the Bible just flat said helicopter in the the original scrolls. I would believe that. It's like, oh wow, this two thousand year old guy mentioned the word helicopter. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Watch they did, and they just misinterpreted it. <laughs> and another Over thing, it's not even like, it's not even like a best source of truth either, because they it talked about a meteorite coming down or a star coming down called uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was Wood Ear Wormwood Wormwood, and then they specifically named a star after that. Oh, so it's like if you try to prophesize things, people will purposely name it what you said, like mm-hmm. it will be to try to fit prophecy. Mm-hmm. So even that's not really a good source of. It's uh, the truth. same with all the prophecies in the Old Testament. Um, a lot of people just retroactively applied those things to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the last one. We're going to end on a lighter note. We've had some pretty serious, disturbing this stories today. This has been a very dark uh, podcast. Uh, I learned a lot Hi. about Chinese shock no, art. It's not just you, Kayla. It's all of us. So <laughs> here's what we've got for the last one. This is from Testing Testing 2.8. Go on. Testing Testing 2.8 says, I once had a sermon in which a pastor was talking about how popular culture is contaminating and ruining the youth. The pastor proceeded to dramatically read out the words of Let It Go from Frozen <laughs> and explain to us that it is satanic and is encouraging the youth to rebel against God. Oh, my God. And that is such a stretch. And then the pastor proceeded to smash DVDs and video games in front of us. Oh, God. <laughs> See, I feel like a lot of people use religion, especially old people, just to hate on modern day things. Yeah. <laughs> hate whatever the youth is popular with popular with the youth at that time. Uh Back in my back in my day, it was Pokemon. Yeah, they really didn't like Pokemon. Why? Because it was a modern day popular thing with the kids. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we have to say it's satanic and just wipe it all out. Dungeons and Dragons before us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was a lot of stuff. Uh, like Nickelodeon mm-hmm. was considered satanic at the time. Yeah, I remember that. There was. Yeah. It's just everything apparently is satanic. Everything I is satanic. Su- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Bible itself is satanic by their mm-hmm. messages. You know, It talks about demons more than anything else. You know, all these <laughs> laws about banning books that are passing in so many areas, the criteria they use to determine the banned books applies to the Bible. And then when yeah. you bring that to their attention, they're like, but it's the Bible. What do you mean? <laughs> well, by your same criteria, the Bible should be banned. Well, yeah, that's that's one thing I never understood, because like at the time they were like trying to ban like Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just for them, you know, using magic and being wizards. There is no Satanism in Literally the Harry says, Potter. Books. This is a work of fiction. Exactly. Like... But in the Bible, it does mention demons. It mm-hmm. does mention magic. And like way darker than anything else would be. Wouldn't it be funny if it had this work of fiction in the Bible? Oh, God. <laughs> you should make That would change a lot of uh, people's beliefs. <laughs> make a version that says that. Jason, do you know the words to the song Let It Go by Frozen? Let it go. Let it go. Mm. That's about all I know. Can't I can see how. Can't hold it back anymore. I can see how I'm, that is satanic. I am one with the wind and snow. <laughs> yeah, that's about hell. Oh, that's definitely hell. You know, the original interpretations of hell from Dante, or I guess those weren't the original, but Dante described the innermost part of hell as being very cold. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Dante, though. That's where I want to go. The, uh, the original 
the original yeah. words from hell describe Why? it as nothingness and then the catholics turned it into a fiery place of hell as a threat mm-hmm. when jesus talks about it wasn't the original uh, text when jesus is talking about people going to hell the actual word he uses is a word for a dump they had outside of the city he said we're going to put you in the dump <laughs> They would burn trash. The word I heard quite often was Thanatos in the that's uh, Greek in the Greek yes. versions of the Bible. Yep, which is literally a personification of death in itself, oh, which yeah. is kind of strange. It's actually a god. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like well, I thought God was the only god. Why is God bringing up other gods? Mm-hmm. Well, God in Exodus says uh, other gods aren't as cool as me. You shouldn't worship them. <laughs> and a lot of people take that as uh, just you know stone idols and yeah, stuff. Cool cake. Cool cape, cool cape, God. <laughs> well, uh, that's a lot. We covered a lot. You look so wore out from uh, this conversation. I'm, I'm drained, man. He's just lazy. Look at this. Look lazy. At him. We got another one after this, Michael. Oh, you're right. Your story. I'm excited for that one. You've been saving all your, all your voice memos for this one. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess we're gonna wrap that up there. Uh, bye, everybody. I'm Drew. I'm Mike. I'm another one. Remember. Don't take any of this too seriously. It's all for fun. We love most people. All right, bye. Most people.